Good morning, good people. Or as Francis of Assisi liked to say, Buongiorno, buongiorno, pace bene. Good morning, good people. Peace and all good. Well, here we are on the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. Church sometimes refers to this as ordinary time, the 12th Sunday of ordinary time. But if you actually heard the words in John's Gospel today, you would say, well, this really isn't very ordinary. As author Lynn Bauman says, Scripture can sometimes be like a spiritual hand grenade. Surely this one could blow up your laissez-faire spiritual practice if you heard it the way those first followers heard it. They were blown away by what Jesus was saying. And if we were honest, we'd probably have to admit it ourselves that we'd have probably been shaking our heads when we heard them, not bowing them in reverence. Last week we heard that many followers left Jesus at these words. Us too? Now, 2,000 years later, after centuries of theological debate and multiple conflicts, we have probably dulled our awareness. We can hear it as just familiar words repeated in our church service. The only problem is that for the last 60 plus weeks, they haven't been repeated in our virtual worship. In the first reading today, we heard that familiar story of Solomon asking God for wisdom. It's a really good time to repeat Solomon's prayer and ask God to give us wisdom. Wisdom to hear what Jesus is really saying. The Proverbs reading said, Come, eat my bread and drink the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. Lay aside immaturity? Well, maybe we need to lay aside our doubts, our assumptions, our, our bias, our, our indifference. Walk in the way of insight. Well, maybe see and hear with the eyes and ears of the heart that we are called to be the bread of life for others. <laughs> then we heard Paul telling the Ephesians not to live as unwise people. Don't be foolish, but understand what is the will of the Lord, he said. But how, how do we grasp the will of the Lord? Perhaps it might be easy to slip back into the fourth century and hear the words of the Bishop of Hippo in North, North Africa, St. Augustine, probably the most influential 
theologian in our church history. Imagine it's Easter Sunday when new Christians would receive communion for the first time. Here's what he said to them. He would hold the chalice and host before them and say, body of Christ, become what you receive. Really? We are to become the body of Christ? It is hard to grasp. You know, it's sometimes too easy to walk out of church and forget who we are. Are we bread for others? We're called to become community, communion. This becoming the bread of life is not some sort of ticket to heaven or reward for good behavior. It's our transformation into the body of Christ. Yeah. There's a story from the annals of the U.S. Navy that shows just how easy it is for us to forget who we are. It was 1981. The Navy was about to launch its third nuclear attack submarine. Now, traditionally, you know, ships are named for cities or states, heroes or battles. One lucky Texas city was so proud to be chosen as the name for this new vessel. The city fathers were thrilled. The church fathers were appalled. A thousand protesters gathered at the launch site in Groton, Connecticut on the day of its, the submarine's christening. Isn't it ironic that we use the word christening, baptism, for warships? Well, but why, why the protest? Why the controversy? The, the citizens of Corpus Christi, Texas, were celebrating. The spiritual leaders who knew their Latin were outraged. An attack submarine being called the Corpus Christi, Latin for the body of Christ? That seemed another form of blasphemy to them. Eh, the citizens and the sailors probably didn't think of themselves as the body of Christ. The challenge from John's gospel today for us is to recognize that the Jesus who says, I am the bread of life, calls us to be transformed by what we receive, to become bread broken for others, to become the body of Christ. What if we remain a bit questioning, uncertain about exactly what Jesus means by his words? I don't know about you, but the older I get, the less I know I know. Jesus speaks hard words today, and our, my own belief waxes and wanes, questions rise and fall. When I first looked at the readings for today, I was filled with some uncertainty. The longer I sat with them, the more daunting it was.
I could do nothing more than sink into the words and let myself be changed gradually. Then this gnawing hunger grew within me and I realized I was being shifted and sifted almost without being aware of the process. My questions mattered less as I recognized the invitation to become what I receive. For me, like the Trappist monk Thomas Burton in his prayer of unknowing, catechism certainty is long gone. And I can gratefully pray with Merton, Lord, I have no idea where I am going, nor do I really know myself. You will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. These days, we can easily ask Siri or Google to answer all of our questions. Some can't be answered. I love the alternative approach by the German poet Rainier Maria Rilke. Listen to what he wrote in 1903 to a young military cadet, an aspiring poet, who was questioning his life direction. Love the questions. Be patient to all that is resolved, unresolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves like locked rooms like books written in a foreign tongue. Do not strive to uncover answers. They cannot be given to you because you have not been able to live them. And what matters is to live everything. Live the questions for now. Perhaps then you will gradually, without noticing it, Live your way into the answer one distant day in the future. Yes, love the questions and along with Solomon, ask for wisdom. We can hope that it won't be in the too distant future when we worship in church again. When we return to in-person worship and enter or exit through Trinity's front doors on Adam Street. It will be very hard to miss Timothy Schmaltz's bronze sculpture of the homeless Jesus. It's then that the words of the fourth century theologian John Christosom will take on a very specific meaning to us. May we lay aside immaturity and walk with patience with our questions and a hunger to become what we receive. 1,600 years ago, St. John Christosom wrote, you will not see Jesus in silken vestments or a chalice if you do not see him in rags. May we become what we receive and be that for others, regardless of their attire. 
May it be so.